0: this podcast is dedicated to the proposition that every christian should be a constant and devoted reader of the bible and that the primary business of the church and its ministry is to lead foster and encourage people in this life-changing habit
1: okay so we're we're gonna get started uh we have johnny with us lenny ben uh dave myself judah have a full house today and we are still in Luke seven to twelve. We've been kind of hitting into twelve some. So who knows? This may be our last week in this section, uh, or or may, maybe not. We'll have to see. But
0: yes, we've been we've been talking about this before. I don't know if we touched on it, but it just seems like it's in my mind, or I bring it up a lot, either here or when I'm talking to other people. Mark and I do. I think we 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 were reading this, which is uh, in twelve uh, in twelve. Uh, you know, Jesus is out there, and he, he in chap, uh, verse 13, uh, they call it the parable of the rich fool. And I know we've alluded to that before, but this is, I, I, I want to bring it up here. Now, this, uh, I think this goes from, well, 13 to 21. And I know we talked about it, but I, I, just, I just love this thing here, because here uh, Jesus uses this parable to, uh, in my again, speaking from my opinion, to denounce greed. And, you know, that is important to me because as we start, you know, as I started to accumulate and do well in my life, I, I, I could see how this is easy to happen. And here's this rich fool. And I think if not a lot of us, some of us in life can put ourselves in, in, in the place of this guy who, well, first of all, somebody yells out in the crowd, as you know, it says in 13, someone from the crowd call out, teacher, tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. And and there was often at at that time common disputes over uh, over possessions. Uh, If if we would call the what was that the uh, lost uh, the lost son, I call it, but it's the uh, prodigal son they call it. In that one, the the son demands that his father while he's still alive uh, divide up uh, the inheritance but it happens a lot and back then that's what they did and they often went to a rabbi though Jesus didn't have the authority to to, he had the authority to do anything but technically he didn't have the authority to settle this dispute but this guy's figuring let me go up to him I'll, I'll get my share by asking this rabbi or this teacher, he says, give me half of this, and, 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 and now Jesus says is going to use this to denounce greed, and he says, wait a minute, he goes, friend, who made me a judge to decide such things as that? And then he said, beware, and th- this is critical, sometimes we just go into the story, but this, this vi- verse 15 to me, beware, guard against every kind of greed, every kind of greed, it's not just money, Think about it. There's a lot of kinds of greed. Life, and this is this is, I mean, this hits right home, at least for me. Life, my Bible says life is not measured by how much you own. And yet, if we look around in our society today, if we look around at people today, it's exactly what we do. And and I often think of the example, if if I'm looking at somebody—I used to do this. I don't do this anymore, at least. I I, I learned something. You look at somebody, oh, my God, he's got more money than God. That's the first thing. Oh, you should see the huge house they have or, you know, the the big Rolls Royce he has. We judge people or evaluate their character in terms of money. And Jesus is saying life is not measured by how much you own. But how many times in our lives— Have we done that? Yeah, we've learned to consume. We've learned to consume. We're hyper-consumers, exactly, Lenny. So what that he has a lot of money, or a big car, a big house, or a great job? Life isn't measured by that. This is is it right here. And I'll stop there, there's more to say in this, but I don't know if anybody has comments. I I do,
2: I have a comment on this, so I thought this was very profound. I wanna set the stage of what's happening here, when this man from the crowd, you know, shouts this out to to this rabbi, Jesus, right? If you go to the beginning of Luke chapter 12, this is verse one. Meanwhile, I'm reading from the ESV, by the way. Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak to his disciples. Be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, right? So this, this stage has been said that there are thousands of people trampling on one another to get around Jesus and hear his teachings. So this is a guy who is close enough to see Jesus and shout to him about the inheritance, right? Yeah. Now this is the profound part about what you just read in fifteen. And jumps out to me is Jesus reads, or I should say, I'm going to read. Jesus says, "Watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist of an abundance of possessions," is what mine reads. But be on guard against all kinds of greed. What What are the things that we guard? I guard my money. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the first More things I guard, other than my family, yeah. my house. Yeah. So, so material things are, tend to be what I like. I lock my door. I, one of my routines every night is to make sure all the windows and doors are locked in my house. I live in a house full of women, right? And they're always opening windows and doors and doing all this stuff. So it's, it's my job, I feel, to make sure that they're secure at the end of the night. Everyone's in bed, and that's, one of the, that's part of my rounds is I check everything. Because my women are valuable to me. My family, I love my children. I love my wife. But I also love my possessions, Just like how I guard my money, I'm careful about where my money is going to. So what is Jesus saying here? He's saying, watch out, (laughs) be on guard against all kinds of greed. He's telling you to watch out for greediness instead of the things that I'm guarding. I'm not guarding against greed. I'm guarding greed. And, And I think most people can say that you're busy guarding money instead of guarding against what we're it's the complete opposite it's the upside down kingdom of
0: jesus you know? absolutely and and, and i want to jump on that johnny that's great we you, you you're guarding you're saying you guard against money you're not alone well we, we, guarding we, the we wrong stuff, stuff is what yeah, jesus we're, is saying we're guarding our, yeah we're guarding our possessions but that's earthly are we guarding our soul yeah exactly are we guarding our soul yeah protect your heart yeah and yeah. protect protecting our soul like we protect our earthly possessions and I don't, I, sometimes I don't think so. You know, because as you said, you know, we, we got to watch out, lock it up, make sure this is safe, put the money in the bank, put the money here, put it under our, our pillow or under a mattress, whatever it is. But are we guarding our soul anywhere near like that? That's my question.
1: Yeah, guarding against the greed uh, when, like you said, we're actually guarding our greed. It's like we don't want anybody to encroach on that. And Jesus is mm-hmm. saying, guard yourself against it and even like i think you can even take this another step further too with like the things especially in this day and age that they didn't even have then but like all the media things that we the things that we watch on tv or the uh newspapers if anybody reads newspapers anymore that we read or the websites that we frequent you know it's like um how to earn more how to invest more looking at you know back in the day the, the tv show lifestyles of the rich and famous right and yeah. like all these things and then it was cribs and then it was like you know all these other you know variations of these things and and uh and and we're watching these things and you know it's like what, what does it do when when you watch these things makes you feel right. like crap right yeah i <laughs> mean and it's, it's like for example makes you covet like i i go boating And there's certain places that I go boating. You know, I go boating on, like, say, a lake around here, and I just go out with family, have a good time, whatever else. Um, And it's it's great. It's a blast. I go boating on the Connecticut River, and if I go towards Long Island Sound, holy cow, the greed, like, Mm -hmm. exponentially goes up because you start passing the marinas and as you go south on the Connecticut River, the boats get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, so the closer you get to the sound. Yeah. And you're like, wow, like this guy's got like a 90-foot yacht here. Yeah. And- So you know, what it costs just to maintain a boat yeah, like it's that. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 yeah it's like they've got full-time staff, just, you know, making sure this boat is ready for when the guy wants to go out on a ride. Um And uh and it just, you know, but guard yourself against every kind of greed. It's like, what, what are we, consuming, what are we, you know, allowing ourselves to uh, get get swallowed up in, you know, this, uh, this greed, oh, if only I had this, if only I had that, and um, it's very seductive.
0: Related to our world today, you made me think of this as you're talking, Jude. All the things that we read, whether you're on the internet, and I still do read newspapers or magazines. Even you know when I you go to a magazine stand sometimes. You know I'm at the airport, and it's all about money, money, money. So six top stocks to buy, mm-hmm. uh, eighteen tips to make yourself a millionaire. All that type of thing. But I'd never see a book, a TV article on the internet that says. 5 ways to become a better christian. 7 ways to get rid of your sin. Things like that. Mm. <laughs> 8 ways to guarantee that you're going to heaven. You don't see I do anything it. Anything like that. Whenever
2: I'm in the bookstore we often frequent like Barnes and Noble and bookstores. If I come across like it'll be like the new age table and yeah. stuff like that, somehow like everything else on the table switches to something else. And then there's just like Bibles there yeah. <laughs> or like same thing with like the money section. I'll, I'll like, I'll grab like a, like a Bible. And I just like <laughs> put it right in front of it <laughs> just so that, just the cause well, 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 it's just one thing to see, like, imagine, imagine you're a believer and you're walking past all this stuff and you're, you're being convicted by the Holy Spirit. It's like, look at all this, like anti-Christian sewage in this bookstore. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you just see like this little ray of hope god's word sitting on the shelf just like, oh, like the clouds part the the rays of light shine down on it. it's just like well maybe there's still hope left in this world someone yeah. is trying you know so yeah it's like my form my own form of vandalism
1: yeah barnes and noble's got a picture of johnny like, i know Genella like, and yeah, yeah,
3: it's like a mugshot it. from, yeah. Yeah.
2: holding the sign up yeah
1: but but you're right <laughs> i mean it's like, like you know you got the the rabbit hole about you know w- whatever i mean now it's uh, or not now now it's people regretting their decisions of it but you know last year or two it's like all you know bitcoins and cryptocurrency and stuff like that and like i, I do a little bit of investing not a lot but it's like you hear stuff like that and you're like oh i better get on that or else or else i'm gonna miss miss the wave oh i gotta do this i gotta i gotta start researching it. and i start researching it and i don't understand it and it's like and algebra can I, what's that it's like algebra you start yeah. like wait what is crypto? And, and it's like i kind of have a philosophy that i don't want to invest in something i don't at least marginally understand and uh, people are like well what do you mean you don't understand it? it's cryptocurrency i'm like yeah exactly i don't understand it
2: <laughs> like like, pretending I, I, like you do I, yeah it's like i barely
1: understand regular currency how do i understand crypto exactly. currency I mean, and then there's nfts though. yeah oh yeah oh my goodness nfts forget it how how do you sell a little a little image of something and say it's yours but anyhow yeah. regardless it's like You You don't even own the rights to it. But but it's it's like this draw this draw, because then you start seeing people on Instagram run you know, headlines like, Oh, you know, twelve year old kid makes four million dollars on, you know, NFTs. And you're like, Oh, I better figure this out. You know, and it's like and then an hour later you just went down this whole rabbit trail that's like a total distraction in life. Why? Because of greed.
0: Well, again, relative to our life today, and I, I I do try to make this relative to me. And if anybody would be listening, or as I'm talking to you guys, I always try to make it relative, like we did with the Old Testament, which people sometimes think is difficult to uh, relate to today. And we did that. And here it's it's mu- even much easier. Jesus is talking about greed here. It's so easy to relate it to today. I want to read verse 20, mm. but before that, I'm just in case you know there are people listening. Lenny, would you? Do me a favor because maybe people don't know the story of the rich fool. Well, can you read 16 to 19. yeah of course would you mind doing that yeah, I
3: could do it. I could do it right now then he told them a story a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops he said to him what should i do i don't have room for all my crops then he said i know i'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones then i'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods and i'll sit back and say to myself my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry.
0: And then 20. So there's the story for anybody who didn't know it or needed to be refreshed. But then verse 20 says, But God said to him, You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? And, G- and Jesus is saying through the story, Don't work for things. That are temporal, that are on this earth, that will disappear, that don't last. Work for things that last forever in heaven. I mean, it's right there. And and this is so relevant to today because we do the same thing. It drives me. I love I love all the parallels, but I love this thing. Th- this is right here. This story in, in he, he does it in three or four lines. He he encapsulizes everything.
2: Can you can you read twenty one? though? Yeah. twenty one is huge. Twenty one. This yeah. is the punch 21. in the face right yes. here. Yeah.
0: Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. But yeah, if, if we this. see
1: a person storing up earthly wealth, what do we think? We think, wow, they're wise. Right. Or we think they don't know God. Right.
2: They're greedy. Well, yeah. They're smart. Oh, they're
1: smart. They got figure it figured out. They're successful. Right. Whatever. And here he's saying, if you haven't stored up uh, a rich relationship with God, which I think that there's probably cases in our country right now, where we could look at some of the richest people in the world, not all of them, but a few of them, at least, that we could look at their life, and by their own admission, they do not have a rich relationship with God. And so what does all the billions and billions mean? Like, what does it mean? It nothing. Nothing. It's, nothing. it's nothing. It's this guy. It's, the, it's this right. fool uh, in the but story. But a point
0: here, uh, on the other hand, and Jesus never said this, that that money was bad, as we know. It's, it's yeah. the love of money. So that if you're working hard and you happen to— become wealthy or or super rich or whatever it is but have a rich relationship with god using that money as a good steward that's not wrong there right. people do that not 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 all of them but mm-hmm. some do so i don't want anybody to get the wrong idea that oh if you have because we need money to survive we need money yeah. to, to do what the uh, kingdom of god needs right jesus told us that and so Jesus is not saying that. Oh, don't have anything. He's saying in a nutshell, and thank you, Johnny, for for bringing that to 21. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a relationship with God. You can store up. Well, you can, you can have money, you can do it, but you should have a rich relationship with God. If you do have that rich relationship with God, then anything you have, you will be doing the right thing with it. Yeah, you will be doing the right thing. You will be stewarding properly.
4: And the most important commandments, love the Lord your God and love your, uh, your neighbor as yourself. And we, we talked about this before, where if you follow those two commandments, everything else will fall into place. And that's that's... The other, you know, that's part of it right there.
2: Love God. So like for me, Luke 12, as I'm reading this, you know, hypocrisy is like a main theme that goes through here. But when we get down to this specific uh, parable, to me, this provokes the question of how does one get to God? What must I do to inherit the kingdom? Mm -hmm. This question, you know, I'm going to read mine in the English Standard Version for verse 21. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Well, how do I become, how am I rich towards God? If God is the one who's blessed me with all this grain, or all this money, or all this provision, all this, all this flourishing, all this thriving, what do, how do I give it back to Him? And you got to realize too, this is there's no New Testament at this like, time. Am I showing
3: gratitude? So, so, so
2: yeah. So again. now, so now, this is mm-hmm. well. Am I loving God with all my heart, soul, right. mind, and strength? Am right. I loving my neighbor as myself? Am I going to the temple to give an offering? Am mm-hmm. I, am I caring for the poor, the widow, the yeah. orphan? Yeah. You know, sort of like what all Job that. was doing, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it sort of provokes the question of how how do I get to become closer to God? How do I foster a relationship to God?
0: Well, and
2: this is where you need Jesus at this point, yeah. which is, so when Jesus is speaking this, he's sort of showing the the need for these things, right? Because no one is capable of fulfilling the law. That's very clear in the Bible, right?
0: Yeah, one of the sins, if you will, uh, or deficiencies in the rich man, which you, you make me think of right now, Johnny, and we, we, we should point out, is that what did he do first when he had so much he thought of himself first. You read it, Lenny. He mm-hmm. he thought, "What am I going to do with all this? I build a bigger barn, a bigger storehouse, and he put it in yeah. run out of room." Yeah. Instead of thinking of others first, he thought of himself yeah. first, and that is key. Yeah. That's key. I can make in room this. by giving this away. Yeah. But, yeah, but exactly that's the point, Lenny. Exactly. Right. But he didn't think that way. He thought of storing up treasure for himself. Nobody else. He didn't think of other people. He thought of himself first.
1: Which, you know, using an interesting kind of analogy with that is uh, John uh, D. Rockefeller, right? And and I've heard a lot of, you know, kind of negative things about him. Um, wh- one person said something like, you know, oh, he was the richest man in the world, and uh, but at the end of his life he, like, you know, died penniless or something like that. I, I don't exactly know the context of it, but but he, he had this... Um, this accounting method that he used for a lot of his life that at the end of the month he would have no money. And, um, and it was like, so he would spend, you know, he'd live his expenses and he would give away everything else and he would like start almost every month fresh. And so he told every town, every small town in America at the time that if they would uh, front $50,000 for books, he would spend $50,000 and build a library. Um, but he didn't want his name on it. And so there's like hundreds and hundreds of libraries all throughout America that were built by him. The only agreement was that the town had to say, we'll spend $50,000 to stock this with books. And so there was a, another story was, there was a, a pastor who wrote John Rockefeller and said, you know, our, we, we have a, a nice church, a nice gathering of people, but, um, but we would like to get a pipe organ. For our church and is would you possibly consider it in your heart to like you know provide us with a with a pipe organ it was like ten thousand dollars which i mean back mm-hmm. then was you know an astronomical yeah. amount yeah. of money yeah. to do that so yeah. you know a lot especially wealthy people in these days don't like to really deal with stuff like that because when you do that it makes you a target right mm. but john rockefeller says yeah sure you know I'll, I'll pay to do that um of course everybody hears about it all these other pastors end up writing him saying hey we heard what you did he ended up installing 2500 pipe organs across america wow. in churches wow every single request he always said yes it's like i mean you know and, and again now again the guy i don't know where his walk was with god but you see how he had he had this mentality of like hey i'm going to use my money to do but then you look at the, you, you know, look at everything yeah, that standard you
4: know, oil did where Standard Oil would go into a market, and they would lower their prices so low in that market to drive out their competitors, and they could do that because they will just bring their prices up in the other markets <laughs> yeah, to they average everything out.
3: Yeah, I'm not speaking
0: uh, about that. i tell you what, going back to what you just said, and I, I know a little bit about Rockefeller, but he didn't know all of that, and I, I, I like that. Now you, you, I, I want to go read some more about him, but what he did, and I didn't know that about cutting out, you know, spending everything and then yeah. starting over again, that's called zero-based budgeting. Yeah. And if every town did that, they always talk about doing it. We're going to do zero-based budgeting. You know, start the next year. Ed has done that here. Our first selectman had told people to come in, start all over each year. I don't know if they're still doing that. And in you know, don't add on. In other words, we had a budget of three million for the, uh, you know, the parks department last year. We're going to, uh, the, we're just going to, we, we're asking for ten percent more. No, start from a zero-based budget. That's a great idea. Yeah. I didn't know we did that. Yeah. That's fabulous. Yeah.
4: So I didn't know that was a normal thing to do. It just sounded to me like he just challenges himself. It's like, I'm going to start broke every single month and become rich by the end of the month again. He was the first one. that
0: (laughs) I don't know of anybody else who had done that. Like, that's why I'm intrigued by what Judah just said. But, you know, just as a point, that would be good to do. Plus, he was uh, shepherding or stewarding his possessions. It seemed to be wisely. So you're,
4: so you're saying, like, it's $10,000 for the organ. Does that include the installation of yeah, a pipe organ? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was everything.
0: you got to
2: understand, like, the richest person in the world, that's, like, nothing to them. Right. Like, you got you got to understand, yeah, that was a long time ago, and there's a lot of inflation. But when you have so much money that you can just, it, that's nothing to him. Like, there's that there's a song by Jay-Z, I won't mention the name of it, but it's about Paris with Kanye. And he talks about how there was, was a big story in the media how he got fined $50,000 for something. And then in the rap song, he just says, what's 50 grand to a person like me? Could you please remind me? Like, this is a person who has a black credit card. It means there's no limit. He can go anywhere in the world, buy whatever he wants, and mm-hmm. he's worth that much money. Mm-hmm. And to think that there are people like Rockefeller or their families, the Rothschilds, sure. who issue those cards through their... Federal Reserve private right. banks and stuff like that. Yeah, so right. so Jay Z isn't even that Jay Z is a joke to them. Right. Right. So so exactly. so so we're all exactly. like, wow, he was such a <laughs> philanthropist. He gave away all this money, but to him that's, yeah, that's not, good like point. when you when you have so much that's money, it doesn't point. even matter. You're like, I don't know how to even spend this. I've already spent everything that I want. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Why not like for him it's a it's advantageous in business to to make you know, friends with these towns. Right. And what's a library to him? It's nothing. Yeah. It's crumbs from his table. Right. You know he what probably I mean? hired somebody. $50,000, $50. Jay Z, would <laughs> change my whole life, dude.
3: I mean,
0: $10,000 <laughs> $10, would change my life, <laughs> yeah, bro. Right? So, yeah. 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 Do,
4: you, do you ever hear, like, uh, Chris Rock had a whole thing where he talked about the differences between being rich and being wealthy. So, Jay Z. He's rich. Mm-hmm. The guy who pays Jay-Z is wealthy. Yeah. Is wealthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
2: so what I do want to get back to is Luke 12 here, because I think this is super important. Jesus is essentially speaking about hypocrisy. But he's talking about the rich here. and talking about how it's super important to have a, re- a relationship. And like, like I said, it begs the question of the gospel and all these things. Gets you thinking. Jesus often provoked thought and question, right? But as you get down here, um, you see that he starts talking about poor people, essentially, after the parable of the rich fool, where he says... Um, do not worry. This is 22 mm-hmm. um, and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not going to read it, but basically he just says, like, don't worry. He's like, it, and I quote this all the time to my wife because, you know, she's a worry sometimes about things. And I'm like, you know, and I can never quote it accurately, but I'm like, look at the birds in the sky. Like, they, they don't they, they don't store up grain in barns. And, you know, yeah. it's like they're not worried about, you know, sowing seeds and reaping a harvest. And, and God provides for them. And I'm like, you know, look at the look at the flowers in the field. Like they don't toil. And I'm like, you know, King Solomon in all of his glory wasn't wasn't dressed with as much splendor as, as flowers, right? So it's like, Jesus literally says, don't worry, you're worth much more than many like sparrows, or many birds, or many ravens. It depends yeah. on your translation, but it's like, you are made in the image of the one true God. It's like of the triune God of the Bible to have a relate, you've been made to love and be loved by that God, to have a relationship with him. So of course you're so valuable and precious to God. And what do we do? We don't, we don't put our faith in God, we put our faith in money or in man. We put faith in our worries. What am I going to do? How, how, how am I going to get clothes? How am I going to get this? How am I going to get this? And it's so yeah, easy to absolutely. default back to not guarding your heart against greed, but instead guarding your money, guarding your clothes, guarding your possessions, worrying about your bills, worrying, all these things that the devil hits you with. That the You know when in the Bible it says your flesh is your enemy, the world? This is the world. This is the cares of the world. Talked about in the parable of the of the sower, the four types of soil, the the the, the seed that has all the the thorns and briars, everything growing over and overshadows it. It says it's, yeah, it says the cares of the world, greed, passions, right? These are the things that occupy our mind. So as they would say, ask yourself, what's occupying your mind? Like, what are you feeding your mind? What are you, like, what are your eyes drinking up? Is it a newspaper? Is it a magazine? Are you consuming the Bible to foster your relationship with God? Or are you consuming what the world would have you consume?
0: So people... And I'm glad you brought that up, Jenny, because this parable of the rich fool that starts at 13, when you pick up a verse, this is still in chapter 12, 22 to 34, now Jesus is teaching about money and possessions. And I'm not going to read the whole thing either, but you, you, you could summarize it as you did, Johnny, the first part of it, that don't worry about such things. We don't need to worry about. But look at... 33, because we were touching this as we talked, Wait, as our discussion went. Hit 31 first. No. If you're gonna hit something, start
1: well, with start with thing. 29. All right,
0: 29. 30 is critical here. <laughs> and, and 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 don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. 30. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your needs. He already knows your needs, and we'll we'll comment on all this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and He will give you everything you need. And then, so don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. And the and and the verse I like, the verse I like, because we've been talking about it without even knowing it. We've been talking about this verse. What what do we do? How do we do it? Sell your possessions. Let me say it again. So, everybody, sell your possessions and give to those in need. How do we store things up in treasure uh, in heaven? Oh, here it is. Sell your possessions and give to to those in need. Mm. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. Jesus says it right there. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Mm. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it. No moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be.
2: I don't that have a whole lot of stuff post- to sell, though. You know, this is all I got, Jesus. You know I mean? You're going to take this from me, too? And he's like, yeah. Johnny, yeah. sell your possessions. All right. David, sell I got a your G- possessions. I got a Jeep for sale
0: outside. How much? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> no, I well, the, and these people probably had far less than what yeah. we have.
0: Oh, my God. Probably. There's yeah. no doubt about it, right? No, because, problem. I mean, honestly,
1: if you superimpose us into any of these situations here, we would be the filthy
2: rich. Yeah, of course of course yeah. yeah of course we would be kings
4: and, and and Johnny it's an encouraging a fire sale so when Lenny offers you five bucks for your Jeep you got to take it okay,
2: that's it that's right that's
0: right hey listen I'll be laughing my way to heaven
4: I'll be taking that stairway and
0: escalator right up there it is if you want to teach somebody about money and possessions Celebrity teach him well. teach him teach him what Jesus did to, just taught him in those verses 22 34 mm-hmm. which is the the epilogue so to speak to the parable the rich fool I mean I, mean, I highlighted that 33 and I know all the other ones are important guys and i did highlight don't worry about us but the culmination of it what do we do how, how do we store treasures of what are we gonna do oh it's right here oh you want to know ben so, sell your possessions and give to those in need that'll store up treasures for you in heaven and now, now we're thinking okay what do i i don't want to sell i don't want to sell that teddy bear that i grew up with or i don't want to sell. yeah sell your possessions Well, i mean we're,
2: we're laughing about it but it reminds me of the uh the parable or the the story of the the young rich ruler who Jesus, you know, he comes up to Jesus, says, you know, teacher, what must I do to inherit the kingdom? Yeah. And what does he say? So Je- all your possessions. Well, no, Jesus essentially says, well, you know, the law of Moses, right? And he goes, I've kept all these since I was a boy, right? You know what I mean? And then he's like, okay, well, sell everything you own then and yeah. give you, give the money to the poor and come and follow oh, me. Wait. And he turns around and he hangs his head in shame, like walks away because he had much to lose. Now, let that be a reckoning for us. Could we, could could you, could I, Could could we sell everything we own when Jesus is directly telling us to do this, not just once in that parable, but again, here in Luke 12. Mm. It's like, we don't do that, do we?
0: Johnny, no. you just said a an important phrase yeah. in that. I, I need to stop you for a second. You said when he walked away, he had... Much to lose, he thought. But he was thinking about his possessions. Mm-hmm. But that phrase is important. He had much to lose, but he didn't realize w- what he had much to lose, which was heaven. Yeah, he had much, much to gain, so much yeah, more yeah. to gain. But, right. but he didn't realize that right. by hugging and hugging his possessions, clinging to them. He did have much to lose, and it wasn't his earthly possessions. It was his reward in heaven if he did the right thing. You made me think of it when you said that.
2: It's just very, very powerful when you get to 33, and it says, sell your possessions and give to the poor, right? So it's like, when you see that homeless person, do you stop? When one of your friends asks you, when they swallow their pride, and they come to you and they say, hey, listen, I'm having a hard time. I need some help with something. Could you loan me money for a bill or help me pay my, whatever it is. Like, are we stepping up? And being reflective of Christ's light and love to be the salt and the light, if you will. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's very profound. It's a, as Lenny would say, it's like a gut punch. Oh, absolutely. You know, you're just like, oh, man, I'm, I'm terrible at, at being a Christian. Yeah, you know gosh. what I mean? I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I did have 32 uh, highlighted. You know, you're not supposed to take Bible verses out of context. That's like a, you know, a big no-no. Mm-hmm. We were actually just talking about that on Sunday at church. But do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And I think that's like awesome because it's addressing us as the little flock, which makes me think of one of my favorite Bible passages, um, which is in Matthew seven, when it says, you know, broad is the road that leads to destruction and many will enter through that way. And then um, hard is the road and narrow is the gate that leads to life everlasting and few will find it. So it's like not many people, you know, it's like the parable of sower we keep talking about. There's four types of soil, four types of people. Only one is, has the respondent heart, right? And, and follows up. And finishes the race that's set out before them, right? So do not be afraid, little flock. So he's saying, you know, don't worry. This is what this whole part is about. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Mm. For your father, he, get, he gets pleasure to give you the kingdom. So, so we're worried about all this small stuff, our mm. clothes, our money, our bills, our, our health. And he's like, God's going to give you the entire kingdom. And there's, there's just a, a stark contrast between being small there and how massive God's kingdom is. Like, if you go into the, um, the book of Revelation, what does it say? It says, after it talks about the 144,000 from the 12 tribes of Israel, it says, then I saw a great multitude dressed in white, right? And I can only think, if the 144,000 are just the Messianic Jews talked about in Revelation, that must be all the Christians or the people who had the, like, a, innumerable is what it reads. So it's like, to me, it's like so profound how massive the kingdom is. You know, we're going to get to heaven and we're like, oh, there was only so many people. But we think of just few in maybe our generation, Mm -hmm. few in our lifetime, maybe few in our churches who really would sell all their possessions and give it to the poor. How many people will, quote, unquote, make the cut, will actually confess with their mouth Jesus is Lord, right, and let God sanctify them? So to me it's just so profound that we're going to get the entire kingdom maybe part of this eternal family and essentially get to share in the rule of the new heaven and the new earth. So that
3: wherever God is. There you will be with him. Yeah, just it's awesome. Well, I mean,
1: you know, even within that, I mean, though it, it, it's, it's ironic you know, how, how many would actually, you know, how many people ha- will do that. But I mean, like even with us, like how, how many of us would actually go and sell everything we had and give it to the poor? It's like, like honestly, like I mean, it's kind of you know, God's kind of steps on our toes in the middle of it because it's like, well, I mean, we'll sit here and talk about it, but are we actually going to do it? Of course no, boy, yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, you know, it's just like I mean, he, here's the thing: we're all going to be like, oh yeah, that's a great verse. That's a great conversation, but. Like we're not going to go list our houses on the market and our cars on the market and sell everything and give it to the poor. So it, it you know, it's that's like, exactly
2: what this is highlighted for me. Thirty-two yeah, is because he's okay. saying, but don't worry. Right. I, I know, I know that you guys aren't capable of doing that in your wickedness and sin. Apart from me, yeah. you can't do it. Apart, apart from me, you won't have everlasting life. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He well, says, that's right? That's what I'm thinking about. The same thing. Talk about you're, grace. You're
0: saying Judah is is, is we're talking that's and fair. we got to that. I started thinking of the reality of it, and that's what you're talking about. And, and I thought, for people listening, if we could sit around here and we're talking about this, and it's beautiful what is being said here, but can we do it? And and we're all fairly comfortable in our lives, I would say, because we're able to meet here, we're eat, we eat, we you know, we have a place to, you know, a roof over our heads, closed, but. What about someone listening or even not listening out there that has nothing already? Mm. They have nothing and they're are they're, they're struggling to eat to to put a roof over their head and their family said to 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 clothe themselves and and to count on this, that they're going to be taking care of the reality of it and looking and saying, well, it just hasn't happened for me, and God hasn't provided for me. Or, and, and I thought of that as we're talking about this. And I don't want people to think that you know I'm, I'm looking through rose-colored glasses. But this, I do believe this, and I do believe that you know God will intercede on people's behalfs. So I don't know what you folks think about that. I'm, I'm
2: going to tell you right now, in, in here I just this is an echo of the law to me, right from the Old Testament, mm. re- reproduced in the New Testament. And what I'm saying by that is the gospel message, which is there's nothing that we can do to earn our way to heaven because we have already sinned apart from walking through Jesus as the gate, him being being our Messiah, our salvation, right? So in James it says faith without works is dead. But that doesn't mean that you can do good works to earn your way to heaven because God is a holy just judge who cannot be bribed by your good deeds, right? So what I'm saying, uh, this is echoing the law and the gospel message, it's, Christ came and lived the perfect life that no human could have done. Mm-hmm. Like God set up the, the law, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing full well that every human would fail. Even all the great prophets in the Old Testament, all of them, if you read into their stories, are, all their character is marred by some form of sin. Pride, you know, greed, mm-hmm. adultery, you know, lust. Yeah. P- just yeah. picture whatever it is. Christ was the only one who, he says, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill the law. Mm. So when you're in here and it says, don't be afraid, little flock, your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Jesus came willfully down here to to drink the cup, the cup of God's rest so that we could be reconciled to God, the father. Correct. Yeah. Tell me that's not the gospel. So although in Luke, it's talking about hypocrisy, he's talking about the rich, what you must do. He knows that we're not capable of doing this stuff. He knows that our hearts are you know, um, desperately wicked, hmm. who can understand it? Only God can. And so God has provided a way. He makes a way when there is no way. Hmm. That's how much he
0: loves us. From the time we're born until whatever time in life you're at, we become materialized constantly. And, and it's so difficult to try to dematerialize yourself, at least I, I you know, speaking yeah. from my own, and I, and I'm I'm actively trying to do that. I've mentioned it before, to dematerialize yourself, I call it, to, to take away those possessions, you know, a, a little at a time. It, it's, you know, that's that's easy to do it a lot of times. It's, it's difficult because we've been it's so ingrained. Now, even, if, you know, you go out to store, you go out to hear, no, I don't need, you get this, you get that. Oh, I can use another pair of shoes, another coat, another this, and... And it's it's almost inbred in us, most of us, from the time we are born. Yeah,
1: well, you know, verse 31, I think, says it succinctly. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he'll give you everything you need. So I think it's really an issue of priorities. Like, what are you seeking above all else? Are we seeking the kingdom of God? Like, I think that's that's like step one, you know, Um are we seeking God's kingdom above all else? Are we seeking the pursuit of money and things and all these things above all else? Because most people are seeking money or status or whatever above all else. Like they want to they want to either get fame or fortune or power or whatever. It's like they're seeking those things. I mean, and honestly like most people aren't even hiding it. Like you talk to most people I just living in your life. Like, what's the number one priority in your life?
2: Trying to get that promotion at work. Yeah,
1: right? I mean, it's like they're not trying to hide it. Christians are the ones that try to hide it.
3: Like, we're like, well, I
1: just love Jesus. But it's like, well, do we really? Like, are we really seeking God's kingdom? Like, what does that mean? What does it mean to seek the kingdom of God above all else? Like, It's important for us to know what that means. Because it says if you do that, he'll give you everything you need. So, like, what does that mean to seek the kingdom of above all else.
3: For me for me is I got to die to myself every day and then pick up my cross every day, literally say no more often. Like that's how I could, you know, try to seek the kingdom of God because it's putting my priorities to the side and putting his will in front of me, asking his will to be done in my life.
2: And that's when you see miracles, though, right? It's like the, it's very hard to do that. Yeah, well, it's, that's the biblical but, doctrine of repentance. It's right. to let go of whatever I think I'm holding on to and grab a hold of Christ well, Jesus. Well, am I putting
3: two hands to the plow or one? Am I putting one Double hand to the plow it. and turning around, yeah. right? Telling God, Lots like, of oh, life. let me, let me yeah. go say, yeah, exactly. exactly
0: Lenny, yeah. it's a great analogy, and it reminds me of, and I, I can't remember the exact church, but when Jesus was talking, some, or was it Paul, I'm sorry, uh, talking about the churches, and he was angry at one of the churches that had... Adopted some of the Christian ways, but still looked back and kept some of the pagan ways too. They tried to combine it. I forget where that was. We read that at one point, and I think about that. I'm I'm saying, yeah, don't I do that? Yeah, you wanna you, you wanna say, okay, I'm a Christian, and as you said, Judah, you know, the Christians, you know, you know, they disguise it a little bit better. You know, we're 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 trying to seek God, but you know, we're still you know trying to cum- accumulate possessions, and mm-hmm. it, it's not easy. As some of you have just said, it's not easy.
2: It reminds me when Judah quotes, he'll quote in Hebrews, I think it's 4.12, it could be 4.13, where he says, um, you know, the word is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's able to cut through like soul, spirit, bone, marrow, all these things, joint, right? Yep. And so, which makes me think of that Bible verse where it says that God will refine us in a fire, like a silversmith, where he's burning you through these trials. And so when you're reading the Bible and it's challenging us like this, it makes you uncomfortable. It's like looking in the mirror and it's like, wow, I'm so not Christ-like. I could never get to paradise. I could never get to heaven. I could never be reconciled to God. And then that's the bad news. And then you get to that mm-hmm. good news, which is, well, Jesus loves you so much. He came down to earth to come absorb all your sin and death if you'll just give it to him mm-hmm. so that you can be reconciled to God yeah. by what? Letting go of that way of life. Yeah. This new. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's trying to show you how to how to live right which is both hands on the plow let right. go don't look yeah. back you know get get involved in the kingdom start to serve serve your community serve your church I mean get your butt into a church
3: right. I'd, I've never like been one to like hike I didn't grow up going on hikes or anything like that but my family and I we went to uh, Oregon and there's a lot of wildfires out there and Luke 12 verse 28 says and if God cares for so wonderful so wonderfully for flowers that are here today, and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And I love going on hikes now because in in New England, we have four different seasons, right? And I know what it looked like last season and it might look dead to you, but next season it's going to be flourishing Mm. if you're storing your treasure in heaven, if you're valuing your relationship with God first. Because that season that you're going into might not grow because you're putting all your storage into other places that are not going to take root.
4: Right.
3: So like when I went to Oregon and I saw some of these wildfires, you could see like all the ash build up on all the trees and how much the fire accumulated on one side of the tree, but on the other side it was still good. And then you can see all these like wild bushes still like starting to grow beautiful flowers through still black burnt. Bush, it was so fascinating to look at because this is nature, right? Like, and even that was beautiful, like to see the start of something new, even though those trees can go so high and there's so much animal life around it. It, it was a new season for like that, that Nate, that, 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 that walk I went on. Right. And it, it, it was telling me that it was, it's a new season, like store your, store your treasure this way.
1: The litmus test here is verse 34. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. That's the litmus test. What's a litmus test? It's like a little little strip of paper that you stick in a liquid and it tells if it's what, alkaline or acidic or base or whatever and you can kind of like say, "Oh, well, I couldn't tell by looking at it, but now now I can tell that this is acidic." And the litmus test of our life, dip it in, where is your treasure? That's where your that's where the desires of your heart is it's pretty cut and dry
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> is, is, is the kingdom of God like does it even <laughs> register in there well yeah. the right? or, or or is it like well, I'm just trying to make ends meet I'm just paying for my house and my bills and all this stuff well okay yeah. well then then it's clear well I, I don't have any you know I, don't, I just don't well it's it's just it's clear that your your treasure is where your heart is and if you don't believe me right, right like for those of us who have kids, you know um they they say not to bargain with kidnappers. Right. But like if any of our kids or loved ones was kidnapped and they said, give me everything you have, or I'm going to put a hole in this person's head. I mean, like, I don't think any of us would have to think about it really. It's like, here you go. Take it. I mean, obviously we don't want to negotiate with kidnappers, but, but you see what I'm saying? Like, like, we're like, why? Because that's where my treasure is. That's where my heart is. Right? Right. Like my heart is with, with my kids. But again, and, and we we even see that, and that's also reflected in our own lives. Like, okay, we're we're buying our kids, you know, clothes. We're putting them in, you know, whatever dance and hobbies and this and that, or, or or the boat or the cars or the you know this or that or whatever. And it's like, that's where our heart is. And and yet we see verse whatever thirty one, seek first the kingdom of God above all else. And then here it says, well, where's your treasure? Is your treasure in the kingdom or not? And so if we even look at our own time, energy, money, how much of that is for the kingdom? Because that's concrete, not abstract at that point, right? Because you could actually put a dollar amount on that. We could actually say, oh, (laughs) here's the dollar amount that I'm investing in God's kingdom versus the dollar amount that I'm investing in, you know, cigarettes this month or, uh, you know the casino or whatever you know I, I had a, a friend of mine years ago who you know would, would occasionally you know put some resources into the to the kingdom so to speak but he'd think you know, tw- wouldn't think twice of going down to you know Atlantic City and blowing a quarter million dollars
3: mm.
1: like in a weekend mm-hmm. and, and I mean that can seem like a lot to some people or not a lot to some people because people blow a lot more than that but I mean thinking like wow that's where your treasure is that's where your heart is your heart is at the casino you
2: yeah the thrill of the gamble you
1: right? know right, right. And, and
4: and and to brag about it and
1: what exactly you know right. and right. it's like man you know there's
4: there's we have two well we have more now but we have two long lasting casinos here in connecticut and at one point only one of them would do poker and the other one tried doing poker, but people would not leave the poker table. They'd have to they'd go into a plant in the corner, take care of their business, huh. and go sit right back down, mm. because that's where they wanted to be. Right. They don't want to leave this table. I don't care what's going on. It's you a know, hot table. It's yeah. a <laughs> hot table. Even if it's not a hot table, that's the thing though. Is they yeah. get so you get you so. so well,
3: right. that's where it, their heart it, was. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's, it's where their like, heart is. Even to be personal, like I mean, I went. I was in a a groom's party, and we went to Atlantic City, and. I mean, I was trying to like, be a light in a dark place to all these guys, they were going hard and stuff like that. But even myself, like, I had to practice with my greed as I'm seeing all these rich people play hard and stuff like that. Like I'm sitting there mm-hmm. trying to have a good time too myself and I'm like, dang, if I had a little bit more, maybe I would have as a good time as they are. Like, <laughs> you know, who knows? <laughs> so it's like, it goes both ways. Like, where, yeah. you know, where, are, where, where are our eyes wandering? too like yeah i'm thinking about anywhere.
0: that and i hope that uh, the uh, i'm uh turned around before they come up with an actual litmus test that uh, tests it <laughs> <laughs> well, but but again
1: if, if we just even just individually dip the the strip into our own life and it's like okay we you know where 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 am I on this on this spectrum? Wait, which one al- is the kingdom?
2: Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. Is yeah. it acid or is it the alkaline? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's the uh, it's the alkaline. Is yeah, it? there you go. It there Neutralizes you go. Yeah. Uh, all the acidic I know, sin. I know we're gonna have
2: to <laughs> I know we're gonna have to wrap it up soon, but I feel like in the the hermeneutic of reading chapter twelve, uh, the next part mine is titled in the ESV. You must be ready, right? And so I'm just gonna uh, gloss over this quickly because obviously. So this is Luke chapter twelve. uh, verses 35 through we'll oh, say 38 okay. but I'm going to start in 37. Yeah. Blessed are the servants who find their uh, or whose master finds them uh, awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. So it's like he's talking about, you know, if you're rich, sell all your stuff, if you're poor, don't worry. And then he, and then he's saying seek first the kingdom. Prioritize God. Make sure your relationship is rich towards God, right? And then what he's saying is you got to be ready. Right. So what is he talking about being ready for? Is this ready for the, retur- the return of Christ? Because that's what it sounds like Jesus is talking about here. Talks like it's, it's, he's not directly saying this, but this is what I'm picking up from it. He said, "Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake. Uh, excuse me, finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. And if you know uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb." It's like a great feast like a, it's like this wedding banquet talked about in uh what it's going to be like to be with Christ. It's like so if heaven is paradise and here on earth we're serving, here we're last in line. You're going to be first at the at the so it's it, it all it's part and parcel it all it all makes sense with the rest of the themes of the Bible to put God first and you'll be blessed with those crowns. You get to reap the rewards. So we're not serving God because we want to get the reward. We're serving God because we're hungry for God because we've seen what God has done in our life, right? We've tasted His goodness, right? And it's like we're having faith and we're trusting in His promises. We're standing on His word because we have that relationship with Him. You know what I mean? So it's just obviously we have to get back into twelve again next week, but because we, there's more to more to dig into. It's chock full of it, as Judah would say. You know?
1: Well, I, I think the thing it's important to realize it's like anybody that's gone to school, whether college or regular school, or maybe even just a, a, a training or an apprenticeship of, of some form or another, right? You do that with the expectation of a future reward, right? So you go and you endure medical school and you spend all this money and you go hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, which we don't need to go off under that. But you, you go into that with the idea of a future reward. Right, it's all going to pay off. So a momentary suffering now, in order for a lifelong of you know good income and right. ease and joy and happiness. Um, if we would extend that and just look at our life like that, right? It's like my life now is preparing me for something that is more real, more long-lasting than I can even fathom or comprehend. Mm-hmm. Right? When you're in grade school, it seems like it's never going to end. I remember so being, I mean, like, in second grade so and thinking, true. I got 10 more years of this. That's so true. It's like, like, yeah, it's oh, yeah. like, like I've got no, I'm not even, I'm not even yeah. 10 years old now, and, and I got 10 more years. It's like, this is more than my entire life. It seems like an eternity. It yeah. seems like an eternity. And then, and then once you get there, you're like, okay, whatever. And then as you get older, you see other kids that go through that, and then it's like they fly through it. And you're like, holy cow, the kids are just flying through school. And um, I say all to say... We're still in that, right? We're still in the preparation for eternity, mm. and and so what we do now has long-lasting, eternal impacts, because, you know, what did it say uh, before uh, about storing up your treasures in heaven and um, wherever your treasure is? It's like where are we investing? Why do people invest? Right? They invest. They invest in stocks and precious metals and land and cryptocurrency <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> suckers um, they, they they invest yeah invest in all of these things why because they want to delay their gratification for the idea of a future return mm-hmm. that would be exponentially larger mm-hmm. than their investment amount right well here you've got a guarantee whatever you invest in heaven is going to pay back infinitely more and so, um,
3: where thieves can't take it. Right, thieves can't. can't rot it thieves away. can't take yeah. it. And so, right.
1: so being back to what what Johnny's talking about, about being ready. It's like, you know, this is all we're preparing for for the Lord's return, whether that's in our lifetime or not. But we know whether it's in our lifetime or not, we are all going to meet Him face to face at one point in time. Because since we are humans, we have now been given the ability of life, uh, if we believe in eternity then uh, our life is far from over. And if you think of the expanse that we've lived so far, that's a drop in the bucket as far as eternity goes right i mean millions and billions of, of years it's well like, it says in james it says it, in james
2: it says that our life is like a wisp of smoke it's right. just like it's here one minute and gone the next mm-hmm. and what do we do with that wisp of smoke right it's like we're like well i need my retirement i need my you know i need to do this my vacation i'm buying a second well, it's like we're, we're planning our whole lives in there right? but it's like why aren't we planning in heaven which is the right. rest of eternity Wait, with which god i mean you know, we
1: could all be sitting around a billion years from now right I and mean, be like you wow. know what like We were only there for like 70, 80 years. Like, why couldn't we have denied ourselves just a little bit more? It was just a little drop in the bucket. You know, and
4: it's like... But that goes back to what you were thinking about. You're talking about like you're in second grade and you're like, I got 10 more years of this. It's like, you know, you, you... And I think about this sometimes too. It's like... I think about, like, how much time, like, it feels so slow sometimes. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah." but then when you look back, and then when I'm dead and I'm looking back, I'm going to be like, you know, what we're just, yeah, we were just saying, like, I couldn't, like, like, forego some stuff during the, what, 70 years or whatever that I was there, like, you know, here it is hundreds of years later and I'm still paying for that thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's our priority? Like, when you read the Bible, it gives you a, The Holy Spirit will bless you with the eyes to see and ears to hear. Mm -hmm. And so these things become clear when we're in the word like this and we're dissecting chapter Mm -hmm. 12 where you're like, well, yeah, maybe I'm not storing my treasures up in heaven. Mm -hmm. It's like maybe my whole priority, the way I'm viewing life is wrong. My worldview on what I should do with my life and my family and my time and my investments is completely backwards and contrary to what God has planned for my life.
0: What am I doing here? Well, well, you mentioned something before, Johnny. I, I got to say this, and I know we're toward the end of this particular session. But for us, for everybody, for people listening, you mentioned. I always think of something when one of you guys says something. You said, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of my return, I'm thinking of you know my, this. Think about this. When Jesus called his followers, his closest disciples. He didn't promise them retirement, a 401k. No. He didn't promise them a big house, a car. He didn't promise them that they was they were going to oh, win insurance. the world. Yeah. He didn't promise them insurance, exa- health, life or accident. He didn't promise any of that. What the what he the only thing on earth that he gave them was trouble. Uh, people uh, that they would be misrepresented and probably uh, beheaded or martyred yeah, in some way. Yeah. This is important. So anybody that's listening to that, he didn't promise any of that. He promised them one thing, abundant life. Right. Abundant life. And guess what? In spite of the fact that they didn't have the 401k, they didn't have treasure stored up, they didn't get promised a, a bonus for work in here, a huge salary, in spite of that, they still followed Jesus. I just want to leave you with that.
1: Anyhow, uh, let's let's wrap up. Um, I don't think we quite made it out of uh, this section here, so let's let's continue in here for next week, and we'll uh, we'll pick back up there. So thanks for joining us. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast. We invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also consider sharing it on social media. We can't wait to be back together with you at the Thriving in the Word podcast.
0: Don't doubt about it.